Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Hallelujah. Wherever you are in this room today, if you could just lift your hands to heaven with me for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've provided for us, all that you continue to provide. You are God. You show yourself daily to be the one who is pouring out blessings upon us. Help us today to recognize those blessings all around us. Let us see them and honor you for them today. We're believing in this place today that you're going to stir something up in the hearts and minds of these men and women as well because you have something prepared for us today, something we are ready that we need to receive for the task ahead, for the road ahead, to fulfill our dreams and our goals. We need what you have for us today, Lord. So in faith today, with your hands raised, let's just receive what God has, the joy that he has for us, the peace that he has for us, the strength that he has for us, the hope that he has for us. Come on, the the love that he has for us. Let's receive it today. In spite of what this week has been like or this month or this year has been like, declare today, God, I receive every good and perfect gift you've already prepared for me. It is mine today by faith. I declare it for my family. By faith, I declare it for my friends. By faith, I declare it for my health. By faith, I declare it for my finances. By faith, I declare it for my city. By faith, I declare it for my longings, my dreams, my goals. By faith, I receive it today. It is mine. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I want to speak against every lie of the enemy. Twisted and manipulated, deceived, made you think in some way that maybe God has done or this is as good as it gets. Satan knows how to do one thing and one thing alone, and that's lie. He is the father of lies, and he's a liar from the beginning. But I serve a God of truth, and I serve a God who knows how to do things time and time and time again, no matter how many times I mess it up along the way. He knows how to right my course and set my feet on the right path to fulfill my purpose and destiny in the earth. So just before I get into the word today, I want, to, I want you to know this. It's not over. It's not finished. It's not ending. Somebody hear me. It's only the beginning. Because when God is in it, all things are new. Come on, let me say that today. All things are new. Hear it again. It's not over. It's not finished. I need somebody to get some faith out there and say, It's not ending. It's only the beginning. It's only the... When God is in it. When God is in it. All things are new. All things are new. All things are new. All things are new. If you feel that rising up in your spirit today, you can serve a God that just ain't done with you yet. Can we just take a moment to say thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. 
We praise you, Lord. My God. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5. As you're turning to Luke chapter 5, Kayla, can we uh, give me a little video? I know many of you have felt this way. When I take my eyes off Jesus and the world hit me just like that. Yes, it helps to pay attention to Jesus. Amen. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Luke chapter 5. It says this in verse 1. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge because the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, this is also Peter, now go out where it is deeper or put out into the deep water and let down your nets to catch some fish. Now check out verse 5. Simon says this, Master, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, or the King James, but at your word, I'll let down the net again. Verse 6 says this, And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. But Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for men. Fisher." of men and as soon as they landed they left everything and followed Jesus today I want to minister to you from the subject it's not too late to try again let me say it again it's not too late to try again for those of you who have been believing a lie it's not too late to try again Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I believe today that ultimately what is going to happen in this room is a convincing and a convicting in our hearts and our minds that we can try again and again and again and again. We were singing this song earlier. Even when I fail, I serve a God that never fails never fails he can't you won't Lord so today just convince the thinking and the passions and the future of the men and women in this room it's not too late to try again if you're thankful for that one more time just put our hands together and say thank you Lord thank you Lord I do want to acknowledge one more time everyone from the Fox Valley Christian Action Riverwoods camp staff. I, ooh, that's a good Lord. I got it. Thank you, Jesus. 
I was practicing. So glad that you're with us today. And at the end of service, we do want to pray over you and just believe that God's going to do great things through your lives and through your ministry this summer. Also, I do want to acknowledge the half-century mark of my brother Robert. Robert turned 50 last week. Happy birthday, boss. That's a young-looking 50 right there. My God, you are blessed, sir. It's the genes, right? Yeah, I know. I'm a white guy. I know. We age quickly. I got it. But it's never too late to try again. When I look back at, at this text here, I want you to kind of dig with me just for a few moments from Peter's perspective. He says this in verse 5. He says, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. We've worked hard all night. Now, if you know anything about Peter, James, and John, these guys are, are, are career fishermen. This is their profession. This is not like, like Brother David Smith. It's not like it's his hobby, if you will, to fish. These guys did this for a living. They knew how to do their job and do it well. And it just so happened that this particular night, they caught absolutely nothing. And now they're at the point of exhaustion. They've wore themselves out. They've got families to take care of, and they're coming back to shore empty-handed. Anyone else ever been there? Well, you have done your best. You have tried your hardest. You have put your, your best effort out there, and you still come back empty-handed. Do I got any real people in the room? I'm not talking about those people who do things half-heartedly, half-butt, if you will, and then you expect everything to come out a certain way. For those teenagers who still do their homework half-hearted, and you expect a good grade. Come on, somebody. For you people who are married, who, who do things half-heartedly in your marriage, and you expect your spouse to meet all your needs. Come on, somebody. For those whose prayer life is half-hearted, and you expect God to meet every one of your demands. I'm talking about people who feel like Peter. Lord, I have worked hard all night, and I've got nothing to show for it. Have you ever been there? You've come up empty-handed. Here's what's so cool about this text. Jesus knows you've worked hard all night. Jesus knows you've struggled. Jesus knows how much you've been praying. Jesus knows that you have put your all into it, and you've got nothing in return. He knows this. But can I say this to you today? You fished all night, but today's a new day. Weeping endured for a night, but can I tell you, joy comes in the morning. Jesus knows exactly what you've gone through to get where you are right now. And still, all the effort you put in and nothing to show for it. He says something to Peter that I believe he's saying to us today. I got it. It appears that you've failed, Peter. It appears that you've tried. You've given your best and you're empty-handed. It appears that way. But Jesus is saying this to us today. Go ahead and launch back out into the deep one more time. Get on back out there just one more time. Can I, now, see, if, if I was Peter, I'd be like, why? Don't you get it? We are exhausted. I just told you we fished all night long, and we've got nothing to show for it. Oh, I am wore out, Jesus. I'm exhausted. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. And now you want me to pull back out my nets that I just got done cleaning, pull back out the oars. I'm wore out. Roll back out into the deep and convince my partners we need to try one more time. Why, Jesus? 
Here's what's so neat about Jesus. He knows what you don't. And he knows right where your blessing is. Woo! You ever hidden Easter eggs for your kids? The joy of hiding Easter eggs is you know right where everyone is. And while they're scrambling and searching and running around, you've got this big smile on your face because you know how close they're getting. And if they would just heed your word when you say, try the bushes right over there. Try, try right underneath the slide right over there. Hey, the same God who knows where the Easter eggs are is the same God who created every fish in the sea. And he knows right where it's hidden. And he knows right where your blessing is, right where your miracle is, right where your promise is. And he's got a smile on his face because if you don't stop searching, if you don't stop trying, you will find what you are looking for because at his word, he will make sure. You have exactly what he said you could have. Can I just tell somebody here today, it's not too late to try again. Can I tell you it's not too late to risk again? Can I tell you it's not too late to build again? Can I tell you it's not too late to forgive again? Can I tell you it's not too late to love again? Can I tell you here today in this place, it is not too late to trust and believe and work and try again. Again. So Peter says this to Jesus. At your word, I will try again. At your word. If you say so, if you, I love it when my kids are just like, Daddy, if you say so, it will spare you a world of hurt, honey, if at my word, if I say so, you will have exactly what I've promised you. Now, here's what I want you to notice. So take a look at this. Peter says, at your word. He's thinking it's just a uh, a simple word, a logos word. Not really, there's a rhema on this word. And so Jesus says this, notice, he says there, verse four. He says, let down your nets, plural. Peter's so discouraged, so disappointed, so exhausted. Look at how he responds. We worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so at your word, give me that last half of that there, Miss Kayla. I'll let down the nets again. I'll do it again. I'll do, because you said so. I'll try again. I'll try again. But the tragedy is for too many people in this life, you gave up one effort too soon. You gave up one prayer too soon. You gave up one hope too soon. The tragedy of your life is if you would have just tried one more time. And can I tell you, child of God, it's not too late to try again. Here's what I know about us. We are all offspring of Adam. And if there's one thing that it's easy for us to do, it is easy for us to screw everything up. Do I got any real people in the house here today? Come on. 
I'm talking about some, some real people in the plot. I'm talking about those holy rolling halo up top of your head. You never do anything wrong or think wrong or feel wrong or everything about you is so self-righteous. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the offspring of Adam who know it is easy to screw everything up. Anybody testify in this house? Here's what I know about the Bible. Abraham, the father of faith, was also a liar. Jacob, who got the birthright and the blessing, was also a deceiver. Moses, who led the people out of Egypt into the promised land, towards the promised land, he was a murderer. David, the one who gave us the majority of our psalms, that we refer to in our times of distress and sorrow and need, was also an adulterer. Peter, the one who preached on Pentecost, was also a blasphemer. What is about the scriptures that make it clear? Morally speaking, not one of us has a perfect score. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. But here's what I want you to know. If you don't get anything else out of this service here today, hear me in your spirit. Failure isn't final. Let me say it again so you hear me in the back of the room. Failure isn't final. To those of you who have messed up so royally and you're trying to zone me out right now by checking your Facebook, failure isn't final. Those of you who feel the lies of the enemy making you believe that you will never accomplish what you are destined to, hear me in your spirit. Failure isn't final. Somebody put a praise on that right now. Failure isn't final. I've got three things I want to give you quickly. Number one, our failures don't cause God to fail. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. All have sinned and fallen short. We've fallen short of the glory of God, but you've got to know that heaven isn't shaken every time that I stumble. You've got to know that when I screw up royally, God is not like, O-M me, how could he do that? God does not freak out when I mess up. Heaven does not get scared or terrified when I'm stumbling, falling on my face. You've got to know that God looks at us and he understands no matter how many times I am faithless or I fail, he cannot change who he is. He remains faithful consistently yesterday, today, and forever. It's who he is. He cannot change himself. He cannot deny himself. Self. Hmm. Even the men I named, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, David. We know these men screwed up, but you know where else we find them in Scripture? Hebrews chapter 11, in the hall of faith, making it clear that even the biggest dum-dums in Scripture can still stand there and say, thanks be unto God who always gives me the victory. What's so amazing about scripture 
is that it takes our heroes and it shows us their humanity. And that even the most marred, broken, and ruined man in Scripture can find himself back in the potter's hands, being remolded, remade, reshaped into the image of the Almighty God. I don't know about you, but is there anybody in this place that can just take a moment right now and think back to when you were a broken, shattered vessel and the great potter got his great hands on you? And he took me from my place of brokenness and he made me into a trophy of his grace for the world to see how great is my God. If this is you, can you just take a moment in this place and let, just let the people around you know <laughs> when I was broken, he took me from that place and he's remade me and reshaped me. Why? Because God doesn't fail. And my failures can never cause him to fail. Second thing I want to tell you. God doesn't define you by your mistakes. God does not define you by your failures. He doesn't. He doesn't. Now that's what the world does. That's what Satan does. Listen to me. The world is going to hear about what you've done and they're going to label you a liar. They're going to label you a gossip. The world's going to hear about your mistakes, and they're going to label you a cheater. They're going to label you a drunkard. The world's going to hear about your mistakes, and the world is going to label you the things you've done wrong. But you have to know this. Even if you failed badly, you are not a failure. Even if you made the most miserable, heart-wrenching mistake, you are not a mistake. God does not define you by your failures or by your mistakes. The enemy, the enemy wants to use your mistakes to mock you day in and day out. But I serve a God that can take my mistakes and make me into something greater and make a ministry out of my mess up and make a ministry out of my misery and make a ministry out of how badly I've ruined things. It's the God that I serve. My father taught me a verse when I was a child. It says this in Micah, chapter 7, verse 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I came to tell somebody today, even if the world is finished with you, God never is. Even if your friends are finished with you, God never is. Even if your family finds out the worst about you and says we're done with you, we want nothing to do with you, God looks at you and does not define you by what you've done wrong. He sees his child. He sees his baby. He covers you like a mother hen. And he says, that one is mine. Hands off them. Somebody praise a God who doesn't define me by my worst moments, but remembers what his son did for me on the cross and says, I am his. I'm his. I'm not defined in God's eyes. By my mistakes. You remember that the next time somebody brings up what you did wrong. That's their temporal definition of what you did. 
But God took my unrighteousness and exchanged it with Christ's righteousness. And now, when I was one time a sinner, one time, see, I don't identify myself. I don't know what you like to do, but I don't identify myself as a sinner. Not anymore. I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That's what I am. That's how I walk around. That's how I talk about myself. And if you are a child of God, stop labeling yourself as a sinner. That's who you one time were. That's what you used to do. But now you are the seed of the Most High God. And there is no sin in God. You're his child. Call yourself what you really are. God doesn't define you by your mistakes. He defines you by his son. The Messiah. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not defined by where I messed up. I'm defined by my Messiah. Last thing I want to tell you. There is power in rising up. There is power in rising up. Especially when you fall. There is power in rising up. Let me say it again. Because you've been so beat down by something you did a long time ago. There is power in rising up after a fall. Bible reads it like this. Proverbs 24, 16. The just or the righteous or the godly may fall seven times. What do they do? What do they do? Come on, there's power in rising back up after you fall. The godly may fall seven times, but they get back up again. You've got to know it is not part of God's plan for your life that you give up after you screwed up. It is not God's will for your life that you give up after you messed everything up. That is not God's plan for your life. You've got to know he's got a bigger plan for you, a greater plan for you. And some of you, I know your testimony. You made a lot of bad choices. You went a lot of bad places, said a lot of bad things, did a lot of terrible things. In fact, some of you went so far as to get everything you wanted. But can I tell you today, you don't have to keep what you got. Ooh, hallelujah. What defines me as righteous is not how many times I don't fall. I need a little help here today. Somebody who's not super spiritual, Pharisaic, religious. What, what defines me as righteous is not how many times I don't fall. What defines me as righteous according to the word of God. What defines me as just according to the word of God. What defines me as godly according to the word of God. Is how many times I pick myself back up out of the mess I got myself into in the first place. Do I got any godly people in the house that can just lift a voice, lift a hand, and testify for just a moment. I'm not righteous by how many times I don't mess up. I'm righteous because I screwed up and I got back up again. It's not too late to try again. Get back up, somebody. Get back up. Can you feel the Spirit of God telling you, get back up? 
Pastor, I used to do this, and I used to be that, and I used to speak with this kind of authority. I used to be this kind of man of God. I, I wanted these things as a woman of God. I'm not there anymore. Then it is time to become godly and pick yourself back up again. I hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to somebody's mind and heart and spirit right now and saying, it is your time to get up again. There's power in rising up after you fall. Miss Kayla, let's give him verse 8 one more time. After the miracle, all these fish in the boat, tearing the nets, they have to call their partners to come and help them. Peter falls the right way. He falls to his knees in front of Jesus. This is the right way to fall. Now, he says something crazy. That I don't encourage anybody to say unless you need to. He says to Jesus, Oh Lord, please lead me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. Is there anyone else in this place like me that is grateful that Jesus does the exact opposite of Peter's request and he enlists him instead? Think about it. I felt like Peter many times. Get away from me, Lord. I'm a mess. <laughs> you don't want to mess with this, right? You are holy, and I am jacked up. Go on. Go on, Lord. Just get away from me. I'm so thankful that Jesus doesn't listen to my stupid prayer requests, my selfish prayer requests my sinful pleas. Instead, he says to everyone in this room, I'm not looking for the strong. I'm not looking for the wealthy. I'm not looking for the educated. I'm not even looking for the righteous. I'm just looking for someone who will follow me, who will leave it all, I'm just looking for somebody who can leave it all and say yes because I found it all in you anyway. So Jesus does for Peter what he's done for so many of us. Maybe for some of you, he climbed into your boat. For those of you, I know what he did. He climbed into your bar. For some of us, he climbed into our cathedral. Others of us, he climbed into our nightclub. For some of us, he climbed into our lives as saints. And for others of us, our lives as sinners. But there's one thing he constantly tells those who are willing to listen. Hey, Simon, it's not too late to try again. Hey, it's not too late to try again. I'll find you right where you are, ready to quit, to give up, exhausted, discouraged. I will find you right where you are, and I will climb into your situation and tell you it's not too late to try again. Somebody just take a moment and thank God that no matter what I've done, no matter how people have treated me, no matter what I've lost, can we just say thank you, Lord? 
It's not too late to try again. It's not too late to try again. It's not too late to start again. It's not too late to believe again. It's not too late to hope again. It's not too late to try again. Just with every hand raised to heaven just for a moment all over this room. The Spirit of God is just revealing some things to you to you right now. Maybe this isn't for you. Maybe it's for the person near you or on your road. We get so caught up in our own lives, sometimes we don't even see that people around us are exhausted. They're discouraged. They're depleted. They're they're messed up. And yet, here Jesus is telling them it's not too late to try again. It's not too late to try again. I feel freedom in this house and I know some of you are going to resist this right now but by the spirit of the living God I pray that every wall you've built against God will begin to fall right now in the name of Jesus oh my God somebody believe with me right now the spirit of the Lord is moving in this room come on Holy Ghost do what you do right now convict the world of sin righteousness and judgment convict us of our thinking. Remind us of who we are in God. Remind us right now. Somebody somebody needs revelation about who you are, but somebody else just needs a reminder right now of who you are, what you are meant to do, who you are meant to be, and that God didn't give it to you and then repent of what he placed on your life. It's time to believe can try again it's time to believe that ministry can still happen it's time to believe that miracle is not going to elude you forever it's time to believe that blessing is right around the corner it's time to believe if i can just try one more time it could be mine i could have it i could have it He knows right where that miracle is. Let me finish with this. Three years after this miraculous catch of fish, we find Peter huddled around a fire at night because of the cold. And what do we hear him saying? Not, Lord, be away from me leave me alone because I'm a sinner. He's cursing, swearing, blaspheming, lying, and denying he ever even knew who Jesus was. And then the rooster crows at his word, the rhema word. And as the rooster's crowing, Peter starts crying because he realizes every word that has come out of the mouth of the Savior always comes to pass. On the third day, Jesus keeps his word again. And he comes up out of that grave. And here's what he says to a man who denied him three times says go and tell my disciples and Peter by name 
I've kept my word. I'm alive forevermore. That's not the best part. It gets better. Peter is convinced that Jesus came back from the dead. What he's not convinced is that Jesus came back for him. Because if you read what happens after the resurrection, John 21, the Bible tells us, what does Peter do? He goes back to his boats. He says, I go a fishing. He goes back to what God had called him out of. Anyone ever been there? Guess what happens next? Peter fishes all night long. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. And guess what he catches? Nada. All his efforts, he catches nothing. And as discouraged and disappointed as he was in that moment that I've caught nothing, going back to my old life has done nothing. As he's ready to give up, a voice from the shore says, what up? Did you catch anything? We've caught nothing. Throw your nets on the right side. I feel like I know that voice. Let's just do what he says. And the Bible tells us in John 21, is that verse 6? Is that what I got there? So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Here's what you got to know. Jesus loved Peter so much that he would recreate the same miracle to recapture Peter's heart. He'll do it again. He will do it again and again and again and again. You've got to believe here today, no matter how badly you've messed up, no matter how many times you've gone back, no matter how you've screwed up, really fallen on your face, believe it today. He will recreate the same miracle to recapture your heart because he loves you that much. Somebody put a praise on it today. Hallelujah. You love me, Lord. You love me, Lord. Everyone to your feet with me today. To your feet with me today. Why recreate the same miracle? Why recapture his heart? So that now Peter could tell anyone and everyone who would listen. It's not. Come on and praise the Lord today. Come on and praise the Lord today. Come on and praise the Lord today. Here's what I want to tell you. As long as you can do this, there's still a chance. Somebody just by faith just say, as long as there's still breath, there's still a chance. As long as there's still life, there's still a chance. 
as long as I can still, there's still a chance. Isn't it so amazing about our God? Not only does he expect our victory, he anticipates our failures and still makes provision for it. Isaiah 57 verse 18. I have seen their ways. I have seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I will lead them. I will comfort them. Somebody understand. He expects your victory, but he's already put a plan in place for when you mess up so he can be there to heal you anyway. He will be there to lead you anyway. He he will be there to comfort you anyway. Somebody lift your hands and praise a God who tells you it's not too late to try again. Come on. It's not over. Say with us today. It's not ending. It's not ending. It's not Come on, lift your hands and say it's only the beginning. It's only when God is in it. Listen to me now, listen now, let me finish with this. Both times, Peter was doing what he did best, fishing. And both days he had his best catch ever. And what did Jesus tell him to do? Both times, leave what you think is best and come for something better. He's saying the same thing to you today. I know you think your comfort zone is what's best. He's got something better. Yes, 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 yes. I know you've accomplished some great things and you feel like this is as good as it's gonna get. He's got something better. God is in it. This is what makes the difference. When God is in it. This is why some of us keep falling again and again and again. Because we never really want God to be in it. Bless me. Give me all the fish I need, but don't get in my boat. And tell me where to go. But Jesus is speaking to someone's spirit today saying it's time to launch out into the deep again it's time to get out there in deep waters again you've been on the surface just dipping your toes in for too long it's time to launch back out into the deeper things if you can feel the spirit of god tugging at you and pulling at you today saying it is time to try again it is time to hope again it is time to serve again it is time to lead again it is time to preach again it is time to lay hands on the sick again it is time to cast out demons again it is time to be a godly example again if this is you lift your hands up high one more time lift your hands up high you feel the Spirit of God speak to you. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. Ooh, 
The only thing we're going to do is fall at the feet of Jesus and say, where you lead, I will follow. That's it. That's it. That's it. Today we are declaring that we hear your voice. We sense your leading. And we are going to submit to your will once and for all. No more resisting. No more letting our desires, our selfishness, or sin get in the way. God, I am committing right now to doing what you've called me to do. To, to not just fishing, but fishing for men. Advancing your kingdom. I don't just want what I think is best. I want the better you've got for my life so here I am here I am I submit once again I surrender once again when God is in it there is no limits I gotta let somebody know when God is in it it's not over Hear me. When God is in it, there are no limits. When God is in it, it's not over. Do you believe that today? Come on, say. When God is in it, there are no limits. There are no limits. Come on, when God is in it. When God is not over. It's not over. Say with me. When God is in it, there is no limits. When God is in it, say it's not over. Come on, stop resisting and say, when God is in, don't fight him. Give it to him. There is no limits when God is in it. Today. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Say, when God is in it, there are no limits. There is no limits. When God is in it, it's not over. No, it's not over. Somebody say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you in my money. I need you in my relationships. I need you in my decisions. I need you on the path I'm walking. I need you. When God is in a child of God, there are no limits to what you can do, what you can accomplish, what you can see, what you can have. There are no limits to God. The whole series we're preaching is called Living Under an Open Heaven. But the Lord told me to go this route first. Because some of you have not been living under an open heaven because you've been living in your head for too long. Living full of doubt, full of fear, full of discouragement, full of the sin and struggle of your past. And God is saying here today, there's no limitations. If you'll just let me in, let me in, you can live under the resources of an open heaven. And nothing shall be impossible for you. Next week on my favorite Sunday of the year, Pentecost Sunday. Woo! Let's go to my Pentecostal boy. I love Pentecost. Next week is proof that where the heavens were opened over Jesus everywhere he went. He said, I have to go back to my father. 
so that you can have what I've always had. The heavens opened up over your life and every spiritual blessing in heavenly places can be yours. Hear me now. It's time to stop settling for less. It's time to stop settling for your depression. It's time to stop settling for the lack in your life. It's time to stop saying, I've tried so hard. I've given so much. I've fished all night long. I've grown weary in well-doing. The Bible wants me to remind you here today, do not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, you will reap if you faint not. It's time to let God in it and try again and again and again and again. And I'm thankful that God isn't like our modern educational system. You are too old to stay in the fourth grade. Get out. God will keep you there until you finally realize I am too old to be sitting in this desk acting this way. It is time for me to mature in my faith, mature in my love, mature in my belief, mature in what I declare over my life. When I was a child, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Here it is, family. Here it is. These three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is God's love. If you just let his love in, his love will cast out all fear. His perfect love will cast out all fear. Over the men and women that are getting ready to serve teenagers, young people from all over this area, different states, different backgrounds, different economic statuses, different family settings. Every one of you you will be serving all summer long. You hear me in your spirit right now. There's a calling and a mandate from God on your life. There is a purpose in what you're doing. It's not just a summer job. It's a summer calling that actually carries with it some eternal dividends if you would just let God in it. So for those of you who are going to serve all year long, or the summer long with Miss Ravella, can you just lift your hands just for a moment? I want to pray over you right now. Impact Church, can we stretch forth our hands towards these young men and young women who are dedicating the summer to serving others? Heavenly Father, I speak over their lives right now. I speak over their callings right now. I speak over their understanding right now. Let them wake up. May they mature in this moment and understand there's something greater they're getting ready to do. Something beyond them. Something that literally has eternal consequences to it. This whole summer, may they be so full of your word, so full of passion, so full of joy, so full of life, so full of understanding, and when necessary, full of correction to be the the model Christian in front of these young men and women that they're going to minister to and teach and have fun with. God, let them see this is more than just uh, an internship. This is more than just a job. This is more than just a paycheck. Whatever they're getting out of it, let them see. God, this has eternal value to it. 
So God, may they be full of your spirit, full of your anointing, full of your wisdom, full of your direction, full of your power. And may they teach and lead and demonstrate to these young people what a real relationship with you looks like. And I'm believing that through this summer camp, all sorts of young people are going to come to know Jesus Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. For those of you that are doing this, if you'd like me to, on an individual basis, when this service is done, I will pray over you on a personal level, if that's what you'd like. But to everyone else in this house right now, I want to make sure that we kick Satan's butt. before we leave this house because he's been whooping up on some of you for quite a while and it's time to let him know oh even when I stumble you're still under my against this shall prosper every tongue that rises against us in judgment is condemned for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord that's the old covenant under the new I'm a son that means I'm an heir a joint heir with Jesus Christ and I cannot cry out my God I get to cry out my father Abba hear me and he responds like a heavenly father will. So father, right now, all over this room, let your children pick themselves back up. Even with bloody knees, scuffed up elbows, bandages and wounds, let them pick themselves back up because that's what the righteous do. And may we declare today with all authority and all assurance, Satan is under my feet and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under my feet. I know who I am. I know whom I belong to. Come on children of God one more time. Raise your voice in a sound of victorious praise to let your enemy know you're beneath me. You're below me. God has elevated me. I'm seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. I know who I am. One more time, every hand raised to heaven. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact. Thank you.